Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are in the world. My name is JT Fox. I'm the world's number one wealth and business coach, serial entrepreneur, investor in companies and properties, as well as private equity fund manager and founder of MillionaireFlakes.com. Today, I am launching a new show called Wealthonomics versus Foxonomics. Wealthonomics being conventional thinking of how wealth normally works or how certain thing works. And Foxonomics are some of the things that I have done that I've achieved a large amount of success and a different kind of way of looking at it. Maybe Foxonomics is not looking at a way the way everyone looks at it. Maybe it's not thinking inside the box. Maybe it's not thinking outside the box. Maybe it's not even throwing the box out the window or it's creating the box. My CEO here, Francie, is going to be a debate partner where we're both going to debate in a very civil matter. Mike Wallace couldn't be here today, so we're going to self-moderate ourselves today. Um, and if you are live here on Facebook, you would know the background of a very contested. And it inspired me to start this show because I think we cannot come to any decision about any topic in a two-minute soundbite of what to do about wealth or the economy or the coronavirus or any of those issues, and that we have to go deep on the issues. Now, Francie and I are each going to take one side of each topic. Now, it doesn't always necessarily mean that these are our views. It just means those are the views we debate. But at the end, in the final thoughts, there will be an opportunity to actually clarify things or really give our own opinions on this as well. So the idea, and also to encourage all of you that are live here on Facebook or wherever you are in the comments on any social media platform to comment your thoughts, always, of course, be respectful, um, which is also very, very important as well. So for those of you who may not know, Grant Cardone got sued on a class action lawsuit on his private equity, a uh, large part for misrepresenting or alleging certain types of returns, but more importantly, the raising of money of unaccredited investor versus accredited investors. And so I want to explain, now this is not a show about Grant Cardone, um, but in fact, a debate on the difference between an accredited investor and a non-accredited investor, meaning that as an unaccredited investor, there are certain things you cannot invest in. So I want to be very clear before we start the debate, what is an accredited investor? Now, according to the SEC, an accredited investor is someone who qualifies to be an accredited investor and has to have, uh, must meet the following criteria. Net worth, have an individual or joint net worth or spouse exceeding $1 million, excluding the value of your home. Individual income, the income must be exceeding $200,000 in each of the past two years and expect to reach the same this year. Joint income, have a combined income with spouse exceeding 300,000 in each of the past two years and business, investing on behalf of a business or entity with five or more million assets uh, and all the equity editors, uh, owners are also accredited into the company as well. Unaccredited investors are people who cannot do anything, uh, who are limited to take part of these opportunities, um, but is it for their own good? So Francie is going to take the part of the format is very simple, uh, up to five to seven minutes, we'll each do our own opinions on our thoughts. Francie will take the position today that as an unaccredited investor, that they should be protected by uh, certain laws to prevent them from losing money. And I'll take the position, the other one, that they should not as well. After making our initial points, we will then debate the issues, you will decide and also we'll give our final thoughts about how we really, really feel about deep down. So Francie, welcome to this new show. I made a bit about it. I made this up about three minutes before I went on. The actual idea came to me 
uh, literally five minutes and I said, I'm going to go with it. What do you think about this format right now? Um, I think that you will, you just made this format up. I think probably halfway through, you're going to change the format and do something different. And depending how this goes, this may be the you're first You're not smart. Time. You're not smart. Where did you go to school? You didn't even go to that school. You're not smart at all. I'm telling you, fantastic. You're an idiot. You don't know what you're doing. Perfect. This, this is where you is call me a clown. Well. This is going to go well. This is where you call me a clown. Yeah. We're not, we're, we're, we're not the two people behind you. I'd like to think, um, well, I know that I'm more intelligent because I passed the genius test and I know both of them combined couldn't get two questions right. Okay, so here we go. So, uh, Rancy, you have the floor uninterrupted, um, as something should have happened down there, about unaccredited investors, or the bigger issue of the topic is, should there be regulation uh, on people, what they can invest and cannot invest? I think that there should be regulations on what unaccredited investors are able to invest in. Um, the reality is, is that, as an individual making less than 200,000 a year or a couple making less than 300,000, not having a net worth of um, over a million dollars, it's very, very easy for someone, and that's anyone falling under that, to be able to take advantage of, um, of an individual if there aren't regulations and there aren't um, there aren't certain stipulations put in place. If unaccredited investors were able to invest in anything and everything, I think it would be very, very easy for people to be taken advantage of, for people to potentially lose all the income that they have, potentially lose their home um, and not have anything, which is why these regulations are put into place. Um, the scary thing is that um, reported earlier this year, unaccredited investors, there was just over 3 million um, unaccredited investors that reported fraud to the SEC and the FTC for being taken advantage of in 2019. So even with these regulations being put in place, even with um, unaccredited investors being able to not invest in certain types of investments and not invest um, with certain private equity firms and in certain business things, um, there's still over 300 or 3 million Americans um, that are being taken advantage of that aren't accredited. So if you opened that up to any any unaccredited investor being able to be involved in anything, being able to have people raise capital, have them invest in funds, that number would absolutely skyrocket because the biggest age brackets that are actually taken advantage of are people in their 20s and people that are post-retirement. So you have really, really young people being taken advantage of, of here's the dream, here's the life that you wanna live, here's the sports car, the private car, the huge luxury mansion, and they fall, it's very easy to fall victim to, oh, I wanna live that lifestyle and thinking that I can invest, you know, the only $10,000 that I have saved to my name, I'm going to invest every single penny that I have, and I'm going to be on a private plane, and I'm going to be driving a Ferrari and a Lamborghini, and it'd be so easy to take advantage of that group, in addition to the, the elderly, 
right? Elderly, um, elderly and people in their 20s are already, be, there's already rules in place and they're already the two biggest groups of people being scammed. And unfortunately with our elderly, they, um, they're not making any more money, right? They're not getting any more money. They don't have a job. There's not steady income stream coming in. So when their savings, when their entire retirement account is wiped out by somebody scamming them, if there was not rules and regulations, if they weren't monitored by the SEC, those numbers would go absolutely through the roof and you would have an entire segment of people that need that money um, for their health um, to be taken care of so they have the proper care and things um, as they age that would then open be open to essentially anyone being able to go after those people and completely rip them off. So I think based on the numbers of the amount of people with regulations being in place, the amount of people already being scammed that are being sold um, a bill of goods that are not being delivered on, that if you completely removed regulations and you completely removed anyone could invest in anything, I think that number would skyrocket and the really, really wealthy scammers that are out there would only continue to take advantage of an even larger segment of population, which would only make the even wealthier more wealthy and the people that are just trying to figure out how they can make money, um, how they would lose it all. And I think you'd be looking at more people like Jordan Belfort that are taking people's last, you know, last pennies and last dollars on this hope and dream that they're going to make a bunch of money while the people taking the money are only getting wealthier. So I think there has to be some type of protection put in place. There has to be some type of guidelines. There has to be some type of regulation because unfortunately um, it's, it's already easy to scam people. And that's an absolute travesty that millions of people with regulations and being placed are already being scammed every single year that it just shouldn't happen right and and fraud and scam meaning not they invested in something and you know let's be very clear an investment nothing is guaranteed right there is pretty much nothing that is guaranteed you will make a return unless you put your money just in the bank and you make a very, very tiny percent of interest where you put it in bonds, right? Which is a really, really small rate of return. If you're investing in any type of opportunity where there's gonna be a larger return, there's obviously a risk. Nothing's guaranteed that it's going to return. But I think the fact of scams and fraud being out there of people saying, this is what you're gonna get. You're gonna get monthly payouts. You can expect a check every week, every month. You're guaranteed to make certain percentages when those claims aren't actually true. Um, an unaccredited investor may not have enough experience and enough knowledge to know that you can't guarantee those claims and they just think that that person's successful they have to know more than they are and they could be completely taken advantage of so there has to be some kind of rule has to be some kind of regulation it has to be some type of guideline now i know why the president likes to interrupt because i would have interrupted you a million times on there in fact just sitting there you spew this nonsense that you've been spewing here today this this liberal uh, we need to protect the people as well. Uh, thank you for the soliloquy. I now know why there's interruption. I, I now know why. After sitting there for seven minutes, the longest seven minutes of my life, let me give you the real facts, everybody. I believe, uh, in essence, in a free market system. 
okay? And I don't think the government or any laws in this situation should tell us what we can and cannot do with our money. People are adults. Is there a regulation when you go to the casino and how much you can gamble and not gamble? You walk in and you say, Why, what happens? Someone has their last $2,000 and they put it on, on red, right? Is there uh, an accredited system for the casinos as well? People play the lottery, which is the dumbest thing. The people spend hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars a month, and the odds are like in the billions that they're gonna make it, but there's no regulation of how much people can or cannot buy as well. Um, when we wanna buy something, let's say you buy a car that you cannot afford, right? And, it's your, and you end up stretching yourself another 10,000. Are there laws and regulation on tell us about the amount of cars that we, the extra money we can put on a car or a house that we cannot afford or anything? What about buying stocks? If you wanna buy any stock, you wanna buy Apple, you wanna buy Amazon. There's no restriction on whether you're a credit or not. You can buy drugs even legally now, marijuana as well. Um, there's not regulation of how much money you can spend on this or how much money you could spend on liquor, how much money you could spend on the clubs as well. Why can't people invest in what they want? Too many small people in the world are missing out on great opportunities. By the way, great opportunities that I have to invest in because I have money that if people put money, they could make money. So how are they supposed to make money? The banks are less than 1%, even lower interest rates as well. Um, you know, they don't have enough money sometimes uh, to get the real estate. They're not able to get the loans in, in the bank. So what about someone says, you know what, I may not make a lot of money, but I'm saving a lot of money so I can do that investment. And they're willing to take that risk. They're willing to do the risk. They're willing to participate. The way the system is, is yes, there's some, some bad apples out there, but a lot of wealth was built on the very similar opportunities that I built my wealth as well. And so there's so many early stage investing companies uh, that people can invest. Imagine if the Uber drivers, right, said, you know what, for every $200 that I make, right, take it out of my paycheck and I would have bought the Uber stock, right? Or I'd be part of the company as well. They couldn't do that because they're not accreditors. How much would have won the public company would have gone public, they would have made money as well. So there's always a few bad people. The same way one person tried to blow up a plane with his shoes many, many years ago. Now we got to go through all this draconian stuff at the airport, right? The same way, the same draconian ways of the coronavirus that happened. And yes, it's bad. Yes, people are dying. Yes, there's over 200,000 in America, 1 million uh, all around the world as well. But if you take a look at, if I said to someone, you have a chance of dying, you have a 5% chance of dying if you go outside today. Most people like 5% is nothing. Now we're talking about less than 1%. What are the odds and statistics that if someone unaccredited puts in their investment that they're going to lose all their money? That is a risk that they're taking to, but it's not, maybe they lose half, maybe they lose all. Maybe they got to have the disclaimers to say, you basically put yourself on video. I understand the risk. I read it out. But the problem is that people use, I'm not sophisticated. I'm not intelligent. Uh, I'm not this. And, and it's, it's asinine because people could get educated People can, and what I don't like is the minute the government tells me what I can and cannot do or what I cannot invest in with, because how else are small people are able to build wealth, right? So let's say you even get a $50,000 pay raise, you pay, you know, maybe 40% in taxes away as well. People are missing a great opportunity to build wealth. 
if we can do all these other things, why can't we invest in what we can invest? Why do we need regulation as well? So you want to know why the rich keep getting richer is because they have access to deals and opportunities that other unaccredited investors don't. And you, what you are doing, what you're advocating is that people are too stupid to know what a good deal and not a good deal. You want the same babysit, the same lockdown, the same rules and regulation. I believe in a free market system. That is the best market. Is it perfect? No. Where people lose money? Of course, not all doctors are great, but you can go out there and go a bad doctor and something bad happens. Um, you know, not all, all, most drivers are very good drivers, right? But there's a few bad ones. Most people don't drink and drive, but there's always a few people. So I believe that their laws should be in place to have the safety. But when it comes down to money, right? When it comes down to people's future, they have to decide what's best for them. Not some laws that is holding people back from building wealth. Keep the people stupid uneducated and not make money, which is fine because I just make more money myself. But I believe that everyone should have the same investing opportunity as me, whether they want to put $2,000 into that investment or $10 million, but they have a choice to do so. And what you want to do is by saying, you know what, the, just the term unaccredited is really unsophisticated. I think that's racist in the first place. And so, you know what, I believe people are smart enough. If they could take care of their children, if they could take care of themselves, and you know what, whether it's accredited or non-accredited, there are people with a lot of money who will blow 40000 at a club. That's just stupid. But there's a lot of people who save their money who want to invest. And because of that, they're being deprived of a better future for them and their family. Because people like you want to regulate them. People like you want to put all these laws, all these red tapes, which in fact end up hurting the people they intend to protect. Are you done? I can go on for another 10 minutes, but yes, for the purpose. Well, your time is up. So you're implying that I think people are uneducated or stupid. So what I would like to know is um, the last deal you did, did you have a attorney review the deal or the investment opportunity? Which one? Because <laughs> we do a lot of deals. Any deal, pick a deal. Do you have an not, attorney? Not all of them. Some of them, yes, but not all of them. Depends. What percentage would you say? Uh, percentage of attorney review the deal, I'd say 60 review, 40, I do it myself. Do you ever have an expert in that area? Like when you're doing a real estate deal, do you bring in somebody you work with that knows real estate really well? I, I will ask different people and call people and see what their opinion is, which okay. by the way, people can do that themselves too. People what can say, you? you know what? People, I say, I have this real estate investment. You know, let's just say they have a, I have this fund. They can call five or six people and say, what is your opinion on so this? When you invest um, in an IPO or something in the stock market, do you consult with people that have invested in other IPOs and people that are wealth managers and invest in the stock market? No, not on those. I think on those are different in every one of these. So situations. the last IPO you pre-IPO you got involved with, you didn't consult with anyone that had ever. I, I, I talked before? to various people, but I didn't consult in experts. I consider people who in business, the risk to reward. I, I don't consult. So on. if you're saying that, you know, people in order to invest have to be, you know, I'm saying people are unintelligent. Could we sit here and say, maybe, maybe you're not as smart as you think you are because you're saying you consult, you ask other people and you talk to attorneys. In fact, in fact, we would argue that you're smarter than me, but I've made way better investments than you. And I've made way more money in business than you. And I'm talking about the current business. I'm talking about investments because I've been very smart because you know what? 
I am not put in that box. I had a speech impediment. My whole life people said that to me, but you know what? If I'm gonna, let's say I put $5,000 into a deal, okay? And that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, $5,000, right? Well, you know what? I don't just put it blindly. I would like, hey, talk five or six people. What do you think? You know what I mean? I just wanna say, here's 5,000, which is what some people do. But you know what? Give them the option. Maybe part of the problem is that maybe they got to say, how many people did you talk to about this investment? Whoever it is. And that's part of disclosure. Wouldn't you also say, based on your status, your economic position, that you have access to consult with people that somebody making $40,000 a year wouldn't? When you also say that you can send a deal to an attorney and say, can you look at this for me? And you don't have to pay for that because you have an attorney on retainer. Okay. You have a, a multiple take attorneys it on way. I build my wealth without all that. I build my wealth by talking to people. But, and you know what? You know, let's say it's not always right. And you, did. And you built your wealth as an unaccredited investor because when you first started, right, you did not have a million dollar net worth. You did not have $200,000 a year in personal income. And you were able to invest in the deals that you were able to invest in as an unaccredited investor to build your wealth, to become an accredited investor, to now open the door and the gateway to bigger and better opportunities because you proved you could do the small deals, okay, accumulate and build your wealth to be able to have access to the big Most people deal. are not entrepreneurs. Most people are not entrepreneurs. Most people uh, in this situation, have a job, they make some money, they have some savings, they want to grow their money without necessarily having to do the work. And, and there are, there's still plenty of investment opportunities out there for people that are not but, accredited. But the great ones that people could participate, they don't get access yeah, to. Yeah, and those great ones usually come with minimums, usually come with $100,000, minimums, where somebody who's not accredited wouldn't be able to hit that but, minimum but, but, mark. You know so and then there are other things there, to be there is no minimum. That, deal, that could be every penny that they have versus for you it being half a percentage of your wealth of course but you know what i think the people out of the side not the government who are you to tell me if i want to put five thousand dollars well, in my the government bank? put terms on how you could invest and you seem to be able to build your wealth I, just and, and unfortunately my level of success has to do with my drive my persistence and i'm an entrepreneur some people they don't want to make the 20 so hours people, hours. people don't want it and they're not you so now but you're you classifying not, people some, some people want to say you know what i want to put work that hard you know what, what, what if people say, you know what, they find someone like me, a young JT Fox, and they could put money in me, but because of the laws, they can't put money on me because they only have $10,000. They can't put money in a deal. But what if they say, you know what, I'll just put $10,000 on a deal and you get 10 people to put $10,000 a deal, but they can't do that because the law doesn't allow to do that as well. The law, do, the law would allow, if you, if you wanted to create an actual investment fund, the law would allow you to do that. It would allow you to take lower minimums. It would allow you to do that. You're just going to be at a larger risk to be able to have those people potentially invest with you. My point is there, look at, look at Bill Gates, look at uh, Jeff Bezos, look at Mark Zuckerberg, all of them one day were unaccredited investors. There's no way that they qualified and look at them now, they're buying you know companies. Okay. Imagine, they imagine the someone they built their yeah, wealth. But those are entrepreneurs, not everybody's entrepreneurs. What about if people, to take your point, actually put money into Bill Gates 
into Mark Zuckerberg. I don't want to do the hard work. You're the hardworking person. Here's 5,000. How many millions? How many millions? Anyone could have bought Facebook stock stock when it did the IPO. And if they would have held the Facebook stock, they would have made a great return. But if they could have got in, but if they could have got in, to build they could have got it at the beginning and you know what maybe they wanted to but they could not and that's the point the point is whether they could get it when the stock was or or when it was at five dollars when it first came out uh in private shares you know what people have the choice my point is people it comes to their money i'd have the choice that we have so that's it people who are unincredited would have dumped all of their savings into one of the millions and millions. Do you know what percentage of, do you know what percentage of, of people year. in the United States are accredited? 13%. That means 87% Less of the people that. don't Less have the opportunity. Less than that, because only two, 2.6% of the population make over $200,000 a year. But, but in, in terms of the numbers, 13% of the people are considered accredited. So now we're going to go over their final thoughts as well. Pack, I'll let you go first. What are your, uh, what are your thoughts about, uh, you know, do you want to rectify anything about the debate? The debate is over, right? Now the, the debate, debate is over. The debate right. is over. So personally, what I do think is that I do think there should be some kind of parameters around investing. Um, I don't really believe right now in the current definition of accredited investor, because like I said, it's 2.6% of households make over 200,000 a year. So that's a really, really small opportunity. And that's not even saying that household is going to have a million dollar net worth. So I don't, I don't believe in the breakdown because I think there's a plenty of people that um, are very intelligent, could make very, very smart investment decisions and should be able to, that wouldn't qualify as an accredited investor. But what I think the question should be more of is not accredited versus non-accredited, but the definition of accredited. And I think potentially it should be a you have X amount of net worth or X amount of income, and you're able to invest a percentage of that. So it's not, oh, you can get in this deal because you can, it should be, you make this much money. So you have this percentage is what you're allowed to invest. You have to come up with something that's uh, 5% of what you make and no more. Because even, even as, you know, even as somebody that maybe, you know, is a millionaire, you know, I think that'd be really shitty for that person. I mean, it's your choice at the end of the day. Um, but if they invested in the wrong thing and lost all their money. So I think, you know, I do think more people should have opportunities to invest in different things. Um, but I think it should be looked at as more of a percentage thing. And I think there's a whole bigger topic of the marketing that goes around investment opportunities to where I think people sometimes are taking advantage of certain groups, making things look more attractive. I mean, that's why people are under investigation these days because you know they market and promote something that is not exactly in line with what the actual investment is, or maybe you're doing some kind of shady things on the back end. Um, so that's you know that's my personal opinion. I do think there should be more investment opportunities available to more people. Um, and I think maybe the parameters around that should change a little bit. So to me, uh, the the Grant Cardone lawsuit, 
um, and forget how I was raised and his personality. I, I don't want to talk about that. But I think sends a very bad message that when things, when you make money, you're a hero. When it doesn't work out, everyone cries. I don't know what I'm talking about. And that's the same thing when you're dealing with any distressed situation, whether it's a foreclosure or a piece of real estate or any, or any asset per se as well. To me, uh, this is, you know, we were going to start a fund to help many of my clients who cannot be accredited. And, the, and I believe that people should put their money and, and be able to invest in whatever they want. And, you know, I wanted to open this opportunity for all my clients because I wanted my ideas like, hey, I don't care whether they have five, 10, 15,000, why can't they share the big deals exactly like I did? Unfortunately, the law um, and the lawyers and the litigation out there and the nastiness of the world that we live in, uh, unfortunately, doesn't support that, you know? And, and also too, if people are willing to invest their last $5,000, I believe that is their choice. Now, if it doesn't work out, it's hard for me on my conscience to believe, you know, that they're going to put on the street because they did that as well. And, you know, for me, 5,000 is nothing for them. It's everything. And I remember when hundred dollars was tons of money for me as well. And as a result, I decided to back away from creating the 8% fund, which would have helped a lot of people and create a more stable, the bank, because it's just not worth the risk to reward. And as a result, we're not going to do it. Um, and even though I believe, um, that, you know, we shouldn't do it. The law is the law. And unfortunately, sometimes uh, a few bad apples, making sure that everyone there's the, the laws, there's always intended consequences of the law. And I think that, um, you know, we live and die by the free market system. I believe in everything I said, unfortunately, uh, the risk to reward to create that is too high and the climate it is today. It's not worth the bad press. It's not worth the, the stress over it. Uh, and just to give everybody a, a thing. So let's say your fund makes 16% a year, okay? And I do a one-year fund for 8%. For every million dollar I raise, it's $80,000, okay? That's assume it's always, always invested 100% of the time, which is that's not always the case. You raise 10 million, that's $800,000. So the risk to raise $10 million to make 800,000 is just not worth the risk. And if you have a $10 million fund, you have a lot of unaccredited investor, you are just asking for a recipe for disaster. And for that reason, um, for that reason, wealthonomics prevails in this debate as well, because the risk for Foxonomics is too great, no matter what we want to do uh, as well. So that's it. By the way, give us your comments. What are your thoughts? What are your opinions? If you like the new show format, click like. Francie then press the record button. Uh, during this debate so I can post it on my podcast, but I will see if I can rip it on uh, YouTube and just put it there as well. Uh, and by the way, put some topics you'd like us to debate at there as well. And by the way, this was a very civilized debate, something hey, we did not- we could be the two presidential candidates because I think our one 30 minute debate, we both got points across better than either of them did in an over hour and a half debate. Yeah, and please, you know, and, and we'll continue. And also part of what I want to do with the show, I want to interview people in other industries and have a debate on whether their product and their service really works like they say. So we're going to go and over. One other thing, because I, I want to point out to everyone is I think in business too, debating, you know, it's, it's a good skill to have. 
And not that you need to argue with everyone, but to have the ability to see both sides of something. And no matter where you, where you stand personally, that you can see both sides of something because in business, it's, it's a very helpful skill to be able to have. And by the way, who do you think won? And remember, I will read every comment and it will be held against you for the rest of your life. I just want to point that out in a very professional manner. Um, that's if you it. vote for Francie, that means you want to be powerless. That's voter suppression. That is called voter suppression. So, uh, so uh, everybody, hopefully you enjoyed the, the show as well. Great debate. We'll, have, we'll do this uh, every, uh, every Friday from now on and go at it. And also I'll add some interviews in the meantime of other people, um, but we'll debate everything. We'll debate all kinds of things and, and work and not work and shutting down and not shutting down and different types of wealth and, and mask, talk about no mask. mask, no mask. There's a lot of topics we're going to do, but they all affect your money. This show is sponsored by Millionaire Flicks. Again, if you'd like 5,000 hours of content, 53 wealth courses as well, every day some uploaded. It is my brain. Uh, everything I've ever done for only $20, visit the Millionaire Flicks. And if you already have it or you want it, upgrade to level two and get weekly coaching from me and Francie. That's it for us today on our show. Thank you for all of you live on Facebook here today or whatever social media platform you're on as well for those on the podcast as well. Give us a five-star rating on our new show as well. Thumbs up, like it, and please, can you share it so we can show to the world, for those on social media, what a civilized debate was here today as well. Wealthonomics versus Foxonomics. Convention and prevail today. Convention prevail. We'll see you next time. Bye, everyone.